0: What a season. Season 2 recap right here by order of the Peaky Blinders, which is our spoiler-free podcast. But now that we're through two seasons, we can spoil whatever we want through two seasons. We won't be spoiling anything further. We break down every single episode, but we've got some short little recaps for you guys that are just trying to fly through before Season 5 of the 1920s family gang drama Peaky Blinders on Netflix and BBC. I'm your host, Daniel Gilman. And I'm Josh Levy. And that, I'm used to
1: saying just, you know, what episode it is, but that wraps up that great season. Daniel, season two better than season one?
0: Season one better than season two? What do you think? I'm a season one fan. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a purist. I think the season two finale was the best episode of Peaky Blinders ever. Um, but, you know, you guys can give us your thoughts on Facebook.com slash Peaky Podcast or on Twitter at By Order of Peaky. You could email us your thoughts at B-O-O-T PeakyBlinders at gmail.com. This podcast is sponsored by a company that doesn't just say they'll help the less fortunate. They do it, like Tommy Shelby. Bare-bottom clothing makes the best everyday adventure menswear. From essential khaki shorts to wild stretch swim trunks or even their new stretch joggers, everything is made with premium adventure-ready fabrics that is designed to be super comfortable all day long, Makes for a great present for a loved one, a friend, or even, you know, just treating yourself. The kicker? For every item you buy, they donate shorts to a child in need in Bangladesh. Go to barebottomclothing.com, that's bare like the animal, bottomclothing.com, and use the promo code PEAKY for 15% off. How about that? A discount and donating to charity. Christine writes that Season 2 is her favorite season ever, And she loves the new characters, and we can jump right into that because that's what we get. We get the best character in TV show history, in my mind, in Tom Hardy playing Alfie Solomons. The world is expanded as Cole McCarthy directs the entire season two, all written and created by Stephen Knight. Because we head up to Camden Town, or down to Camden Town if you're going from Birmingham. We meet a new antagonist while we still have the Inspector Campbell. We meet a new guy in Darby Sabini. And then a, uh, a middle ground antagonist, protagonist with Alfie Solomons who continues to flip-flop the Jewish rum maker slash baker slash British Bane who has that long-time battle with Sabini and then gets Arthur in prison with that Passover scene, gets him out of prison, and at the end sides with Tommy as Tommy has to work with Inspector Campbell. So things do switch here in Season 2, and Tommy has to kill the field marshal at Epson in that epic season finale that sees Grace come back into the fold, Josh, get married to an American, but she can't get pregnant. So Tommy does the deed in the second final episode, and then they uh, they look like they're going to get married as season two finishes with Tommy nearly dying at a crazy near cliffhanger. But Winston Churchill takes care of business, and Polly kills the inspector.
1: Insane, insane, insane. So much happened albie solomon's the introduction of him well total wild card tom hardy is just he's he, this is peak this i think this might be his best character that he he's acted he's such a great actor in so many different kinds of roles and this character is just something else man it's one of those characters where he is he just lives on for in in, in infamy i love him i so, love him so much he, and, and, you, and you and you never know what's coming you never know what's coming with him and the one thing that like has just remained true throughout the whole season is he never like really reaps he never ha- suffers the consequences for any of his actions. You know, you can't trust the guy for for shit and he's going to turn on your back and you know it but you're still going to go back to him. So he's just a total wild card and it, it and I and I mentioned earlier, you know, if you guys if you guys did the episode by episode rewatch with us.
0: Yeah, I think I think his Mad Max character in the movie is is up there with with Alfie Solomons, and then we get another new character as well in a love interest for Tommy. He's not only banging that prostitute Lizzie, who is now his secretary, he's using her as a bit of a fallback backup, and obviously a huge instrumental piece in Killing the Field Marshal in the final episode, but we meet Tom Hardy's real-life wife, Charlie Charlotte Riley, who is May Carlton, Tommy's horse trainer, who he kind of falls for at the horse auction that he goes to with Michael, Who's another new character, the son of Polly? Finn Cole is the actor's name, who is also in a fantastic show called Animal Kingdom. So, this season really sets the stage for a lot. What it does for Polly, most importantly for me, Josh, is it turns her from a 2D character, just another woman who's powerful and stubborn and has a lot of balls, to now a 3D character and the dimension of a mother who is speechless and nervous and worried and has to uh, you know bring in this this son back into her life after having her kids taken from her when she was illegally creating gin and her jealous neighbor co- told on her you know 15 years ago.
1: Rough season for Polly, good season for Polly getting her son back, getting her revenge on Campbell. The the se- season 2 episode 5 when Inspector Campbell essentially rapes Polly was I I mentioned one of the roughest scenes of the show so far. She's battling demons inside, you know, with that, and you know, trying to get Michael out of out of the muck. She doesn't want him involved in the in the family stuff because she knows that it's not a good end for him. And you know, there, and also, I guess this is my nitpick of the season, if I had to pick one, is that we don't like we see him, but he's like barely there. So we kind of, you know, we're introduced to this character, and we don't really know anything about it.
0: Michael's definitely a minor character. We see him turn eighteen. We see him getting the. Accounting job from Tommy. We see that he has a dark side because he he doesn't get shook up when Darby Sabini's man almost kills Tommy at the horse auction, and then Michael's able to drive home after that. But he's still a kid because we see him joking around about sandwiches that his mom made, and Arthur makes fun of him on the way to that horse auction. And then you know, back to being an adult when him and Isaiah, the son Isaiah. of the walking preacher, <laughs> they they get into this brawl at the Marquise. The Marquise of Lawn. The Marquise of Lawn bar in uh, in Birmingham that Arthur and John end up burning down, which is what puts Michael in prison because Michael and Arthur both get imprisoned in this episode. Polly has to sleep with the inspector to get Michael out, which Michael finds out about, and that causes a little bit of a riff. And then at the end of the season, Polly begs Michael, gives him money to move to London, but Michael stays and doesn't want to go anywhere. And you mentioned Campbell and his death. And I just think that this whole season they needed to add another scary character because Campbell just wasn't a villain enough until the final two episodes when he really geared it up and turned into a sexual beast and a terrible person, the devil. Yeah, but he,
1: he, was, a, he was a villain, man, the whole time. He was a
0: villain, but I think they needed to add the second threat because Tommy wasn't threatened by him anymore because it felt like yeah. they were kind of working together. Well, but at the same time, he was also upset. So who do they add? They had Game of Thrones character actor Noah Taylor who played Locke in the mid-seasons of Game of Thrones, one of those bad guys that was uh, was not too friendly to Jamie Lannister, we'll say that. So that was the actor of Darby Sabini, who was a fan... I thought he was a fantastic villain. I, I mean, his accent was weird. He was a British-Italian, but Why did he was Why do you have an great- Italian
1: accent? I don't know. Nit to pick right there. Just weird. You know chernobyl style you know but but whatever whatever but he was he was a villain he's he was annoying as hell he was a little remember he was we we had him at one at one moment eating a sandwich in the middle of the, of the, the boxing, boxing ring. ring and he, and he almost very interesting he's
0: very paranoid he almost kills his his right hand man who wants him to say he does end up killing the digbeth kid which is a tough part of this R. 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 kid of this season the the young kid that wants to be a western cowboy that the peaky blinders hire to go to prison for him and then uh, we see Arthur who goes to prison. We can check in on some characters here now that we've gone over some of the major storylines of the season. Obviously, Arthur got to really explore his uh, his inner self now that he's been introduced to cocaine. He gets to go buck wild in London. He's get, he gets the iconic scene where he takes over the Eden Club and gets to live in London and fuck people and do a lot of drugs and be whatever he wants and By
1: order of the Pinky Blinders.
0: Yeah, what is it? This place is under new management, is the line. We'll go over some of our favorite scenes, some of our winners and losers from this season as well. If you guys have any thoughts, make sure to hit us up on social media or via email. I think that at the end, Arthur really got to think about some things because he comes out of jail with John speaking very uh, spiritually and biblically almost. And I think after Alfie almost killed him in that epic Passover scene and then he watches Billy Kitchen's brains splatter everywhere, Arthur maybe, you know, turning a little bit heading into season three, it'll be interesting to see where they have him now that it doesn't look like the Peaky Blinders have too much of a stronghold in London. The Sabini and Solomons, you know, scenario kind of gets left up in the air after neither of them get resolved at the end of this season. I think... I think Tommy will probably go back to London and try to do more in next season, but I'm not sure he's going to try to do the same thing. Maybe now he's got some deal with Winston Churchill that'll have him, you know, explore other avenues of profit.
1: Right, definitely. This God, like when, like just like processing everything that's gone on this season is just—it's insane to see where all the characters we could have easily done a season one and two like you know like a like a nice like hour and 15 back to back you know season one and two recap just to see the the progression of each character kind of thing because it's just interesting to think about how we were when we were 1919 i don't know how what exact year we are now but uh it
0: only fast forwarded two years so it'd be right. 1921
1: right so just like in in that two-year span all that's happened and we got the inspector campbell and like inspector campbell the beginning with him and grace like seems like it was a million freaking years ago that Inspector Campbell and Grace were going, were undercover with Tommy, you know? And there's just so much that they're uh, undercover against Tommy. So there's just so much that happened. Uh, John, you know, John's j- doing John things. John's married.
0: John and Esme did not progress at all. Both of these they characters didn't. had such minor roles in this season. I was a little disappointed in that. John was underutilized, and we even had a little bit of Esme poking in saying, you should leave. You know, let's get out of here. Let's roam free and Tommy really shut that down from Esme. Esme didn't want them to go to London. Yeah. Tommy shut that down. The the two year jump was the most evident in the actor of Finn, because we got a new actor. Harry Curtin's the new actor for Finn. He started at thirteen years old. He looks like looks like a sixteen that was, year old. Okay.
1: This is also another nit to pick. That, that transformation in two years was substantial
0: it felt like he went from seven to 16 but he really went from <laughs> from like 11 to 13 but still Harry Curtin wasn't really used a lot he showed Finn showed a little bit of frustration towards the end of the uh, season saying Tom I'm getting fed up with this in the final episode mm-hmm. but going through this season I I've, I've you know expressed a little bit of complaints I thought season two episode five was one of the worst episodes of all the peaky blinders. Not that it was bad, it just didn't have any action. We saw yeah. we saw Tommy and Grace finally hook up for the first time this season, but all the other episodes had at least one little scene of pizzazz. But it was really a strong start with Episode 1 and 2, and then a really strong finish with Episode 6. And remember, Ada and Tommy get kidnapped by Sabini. Bam, right off the bat in this season. Ada gets rescued and then put into a house. But we could talk about Ada now. She didn't really, nothing really happened to her. She agreed to work for Tommy in, in a limited role she's got a kid in carl that we never see hashtag where is carl
1: yeah and it feels like a million yeah and, and
0: she gets a new roommate this fascist uh gay man named james
1: who, who helps for the calls he helps tommy out
0: yeah and a great scene one. with alfie yeah. where, where alfie tried to take it all in episode six and tommy bluffed him with a with a grenade you know that, that he said he put under one of the barrels and alfie's staring him down and it's a little game of chicken and Finally, Alfie blinks first.
1: Yeah, and also, some. I mean, Ada is just, is just grieving still probably over Freddy. Freddy Thorne. Freddy fucking Thorn.
0: Yeah, who, Freddy Thorne's de- dead just to start the season. Start first the season. That forgot. was right away.
1: So we, we can't leave that out. It just because, once again, it feels like it was like so many things happened in such such different plot lines, which is why this show is so freaking elite is because of all the things that... Think of all the things that happened in season one. Like, Freddy Thorne was like a focal point of like season one for a while and he's gone, and we and we hear that's like start of season two, and then so many other things just happen. It's just it's just crazy to think about, you know, when you're thinking that perspective. But Ada's a very minor character this season; she's, you know, irrelevant. She's she's kind of uh, doing her own thing.
0: And in that first episode of season two, we also get a uh, a unique thing where we see a previously on because obviously season one ended with the cliffhanger of who got who who got shot. Did Grace get shot by Campbell? But no, Grace pulls up the the purse and shoots the inspector in the leg, you know, giving him a, a wolf head cane as he gets you know promoted to major and added to this new crime division. We also have the Irish blowing up the garrison. and then Tommy forcing to work with the IRA and this woman named Irene O'Donnell. And then throughout season two we see the progression of that because then we have this treaty that is given by the King of London. To, to make a deal with the Irish and the English, but there are a lot of pro-treaty Irish people and anti-treaty, and that's why Tommy has to kill that field marshal because Winston Churchill wants to blame it on the anti-treaty Irish to force all of the Irish to band together and be pro-treaty. It's just it's a very interesting and maybe confusing storyline that I tried to sort out for you guys there, but it's an underlying storyline of, of Tommy's real... Right strife with London and trying to break into the legal export business of sending whiskey to America, North America, Canada and the United States during prohibition. Tommy starts to send um, packages of guns, of excuse me, packages of, of cars with whiskey hidden in it.
1: Yeah. Tommy, Tommy was really smart this season. We, we, we saw his educated self really in full form here with diversifying the portfolio, investing in horses, and he invested in a horse and named it Grace's Secret, uh, you know, making the business more legitimate and, you know, really expanding the company a little bit and mode cars of the future. And he's just, he's just on a whim, just knows what is best for the business and ways to, you know, It, I mean, no pun intended, it's like a well-oiled machine. So just the way that his business runs. So just, he's clicking on all cylinders, man. It's just, it's just wild to watch.
0: Also buys a house and invests in real estate for Polly and Ada. Right, with
1: Ada, with Ada, right.
0: Birthday present for Polly there. I liked how they used Grace. She was in this season just enough to not forget about her, but not too much where it turns into a soap opera with the love interest. She gets called once early part of the season, doesn't answer, knows it's probably Tommy. And then again the call and her husband answers and it hangs up and he, and we find out they're in London and then in the penultimate episode Tommy takes her out to go see Charlie Chaplin in a cool little scene brags to the inspector who is just you know getting the upper hand by you know having the arrest of Michael and Arthur and then the rape of Polly and finally Grace you know showing up at the Epsom race just before his his Danny Ocean like performance with all of the uh the wheels in motion and the king being there and and grace tells him she loves him and she's having a baby and then grace and may carlton have a little back and forth in that i i think i think it's hard to say but i think may carlton had herself a fantastic season but she might be my loser of this season because she had a little you know she had a little fun with the bad boys that she wanted to but i think she got in over her head her horse didn't win either And she ended up getting her heart broken by Tommy at the end, who picked Grace.
1: Rough, rough go around for her at the end there, but uh, she was a great character. You know, she lives in a freaking mansion, this estate. seems like, like she's pretty lonely there. So she was happy to have Tommy with her. That scene with Tommy and may when they, when, when they're sleeping with each other brings out my favorite song, like in the whole show by PJ Harvey is this desire. That's just like my favorite song out of the show. And, the music was impeccable again. Season two, we kept, just phenomenal music. Every single song is a banger. But PJ Harvey makes makes several appearances throughout this show, and this song is my favorite song for sure. So just a little, just a little highlight of season two right there.
0: All right, who's your winner?
1: My winner of this season. Damn, this is rough. Here, I'm gonna mull it over. I'm gonna mull it over.
0: Okay, my winner right there, I think PJ Harvey is my winner. She she made her debut this season.
1: Oh, man.
0: She hit us with my my favorite song, When Under Ether, which is after Tommy got nearly killed by Sabini's men before Campbell showed up in that first episode. And then Tommy realized he had to start wheeling and dealing because he got that letter from Alfie Solomons saying, let's break bread. So Tommy, pretty much half dead, has Curly, who... Could definitely be in the running for winner of this season. Curly, of course, is the uh, the the stagehand for the horses with Charlie Strong. Curly brings some oil to put on the horses' legs to help keep Tommy warm, and a couple, you know, a little bit of food, and then they sail down the canal with "When Under Ether" playing, and I love that from PJ Harvey. Curly also has one of my favorite scenes of the season when Tommy's shoveling shit in the penultimate episode, oh, yeah. realizing that he one. needs to go back to his roots and realizes who he would be if he wasn't him. And that was a good little line, too. It was a, a great scene, good little Curly stuff. And I'm, I'm trying to just delay long enough so you can have a winner. No, no, no.
1: I, I I got it now. And piggybacking off of season two, episode six, if you guys watched that, I'm going to go with Winston Churchill. That was your winner. I mean, he, he wins the season. He gets, he gets his way. You know, and for all for 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 those of you who are confused about you know the whole political like the the way that the the politics are working in the show, Tommy Shelby literally like lays it out in that opening opening scene of the narration when he explains you know I'm gonna kill a man. This is why you know if I don't, if 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 I don't live you know read this letter and when he's writing the letter and you know it'll explain all of what's going on and it's a cause for international concern. So that's why I want you to listen to it. But Churchill at the end of the day has the last laugh and he has a job for Tommy and he's, he's like, Tommy's his little puppet. You know, it's just like something that if you really think far into it, like Tommy Shelby is never, you know, really anybody's puppet in the show, but Winston Churchill literally has, has him to do whatever the hell he wants because he has so much power and it shows it's politics. Politics is powerful. And Churchill's the winner of this season here because he's had Tommy do everything, all, all of the dirty work, blood off his hands.
0: And and at the end of the day, Tommy's life is now saved because of Winston Churchill, because the inspector hired these red right-hand men from the Ulster Volunteer Company to kill Tommy after he killed the field marshal in the final episode, and Churchill got one mole in there to save him by killing the other two men and finishing the season after Tommy's bleak midwinter. I almost had it all. I, there was a woman, a great little historic line, and, uh, and Winston Churchill saves his life.
1: So question. Now that I, I literally just thought about this. So if Winston Churchill had a plan for, a, for one, of the, one of the three red-right-hand men who were, who, who were with Campbell, right? Campbell met, met them in the, be, in the beginning of the episode, correct? Yes, and he said, okay. you guys are
0: my greyhounds.
1: Right. So if Churchill knew that one of those guys was going to shoot the other two guys in the head and give the message to Tommy, did can't did Winston Churchill know that Campbell was going to die?
0: How would he know that?
1: I don't know. You don't I I don't think that Campbell like knew that like Churchill was going to like save his life in a way like that.
0: To Churchill, Campbell was is 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 a mouse he doesn't care about him you know at the end right, of the day I know. He's,
1: that's what i'm saying like you think like like churchill
0: knew that like you know campbell might die today or or do you think that he didn't i don't think he even no. i don't think he even paid right. it paid it a mind. it doesn't matter to winston churchill they've made fun of campbell so much all he cares about is having his plans go out and then we'll know obviously we know because we've seen the the future seasons Campbell's got a very specific job for Tommy, and that's what the season three plot is Churchill, going to Churchill, be. Churchill, Churchill, Sorry, Churchill has a very yeah, specific yeah. plot for Tommy, and that's what we know the season three plot's going to be. Was that your favorite scene of the season, that final scene with easily the, easily. the, the Ann Dunn song playing and all of that fantastic... It just, it's just the very end oh. where we think Tommy's going to die, and the song that's being played is... All My Tears by Ann Brunn.
1: Yeah, it was just great acting. As we said, you know, he he, he could win an Emmy for that scene, man. Just so authentic. You feel the panic. It, like, you know, almost had fucking everything. When he talks about grace, you know, he almost had it. He almost, because he thought he was going to die. And he says in the Bleak Midwinter. Mid, mid and amazing scene. Just so many curveballs. I didn't think he was going to walk out of there alive. Aside from all the Alfies, you know, Encounters which uh I highly encourage all of you to listen to the uh, season two rewatches where I give my best go at my Alfie impersonations, which I think are pretty good.
0: Yeah, those are great scenes. Every Alfie scene is great. I, I like the progression of uh, Arthur because I'm going back to my season one, season two, episode one notes where Arthur is literally our first time we ever see him in this season is him doing a thousand jump ropes.
1: Oh, yeah. Remember? <laughs> and he's
0: just a beast and he kills a kid and then he gets introduced. To cocaine by Finn, and Tokyo almost saves him in a way because then he, he kind of gets a little bit more stable. And he's got the the most memorable scene of the whole series. We have to mention it when he takes over the Eden Club and says, This place is under new management by order of the Peaky Blinders. And that's great. And I've got one more favorite scene. Do you have any more favorite scenes from the season?
1: I'm going to, I mean, the, the, the Sabini Alfie scene when they're talking is just freaking hilarious. It's just.
0: Go ahead, hit them with it, Josh. Well, you know, they, they, some people don't have time to go through every episode. Josh is our resident. I got this. I got um, this. I mean, it's it, what do we even call it? You're so good with with your with your with with chief. I don't even know how to chief chief impersonator right here. Chief, Josh is our chief impersonator. Go ahead.
1: You know, it's it's the scene when he uh when they're when they're talking. He's like he's like you you Jerry fucking Jew jokes and so like wait have you have a sense of humor. Come he's like I did not know you had a sense of humor. He's like he's like, yeah hey, fuck a joke fucking joke and then they go on blah blah and he's like Jewish woman off off to fucking bed you and then. And the, they they they're discussing the particulars, and Sabine like, and hey, I can't do row And he's like, write down Faryton Row. And he's like, write down I can't throw do Fabritio. Row. He's like, write down peace between the Jews and the Italians. And it's just it was just a, it was a phenomenal scene.
0: And war with the gypsies.
1: Oh yes, and war with the gypsies. That was that was a a phenomenal scene because it was a it was a catalyst. You know, having things kind of take off a little bit. I felt they kind of pushed things through. It pushed the plots through. We know Alfie's working against, you know, Tommy at this point, which, which just not a surprise because the man is a wild card and it puts in, it, it sets things in motion.
0: My favorite scene of the entire season that we didn't mention is Tommy spinning around at the horse auction with the gun. Like, who's going to come after me now? After Sabini's right-hand man failed and Arthur's beating him to death and Michael Polly's lone child because her daughter died is standing there speechless and Tommy's just spinning around and for some reason that's just ingrained into my brain as just, that's Peaky Blinders right there. Tommy thinking that he is always going to be on top while still rising the ranks. And what else can Tommy get to? We're going to find out.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, I, I'm going to go ahead and say that, like, my next favorite scene, I mean, Epsom, Epsom was, like, one scene.
0: Yes, yes, great episode. The whole episode was a great scene.
1: So, I mean, he, but the, when Tommy's, you know, trying to get get to the field marshal and kind of get to, like, Lizzie, like, those those five minutes where he's not on time, and it, it was, those were stressful minutes where his plan is kind of going awry a little bit. So, I'm going to go with that as also one of my favorite scenes. Who, who do you, who do you have as a loser?
0: I think I said, I said my loser, I think May was my loser of the season. Oh right. While while it was awesome, while it stood, it was it was it was neat to get Tommy, you know, happy a little bit. But at the same time, May, I think, waded into waters that were a little too deep for what she was uh, used to. I I have Johnny Dogs is also a winner of the season. So is Curly. The three of them are just fantastic. Johnny Dogs didn't really progress as a character, but it doesn't matter because he's there purely for. Comedic relief, almost like Greg in Succession. If anyone watches that show on HBO, it's like every time Johnny Dawgs is on the screen, I'm smiling every single time.
1: Yeah, he was phenomenal this episode. He he becomes more of a staple, you know, for Tommy. He was hilarious. Great actor. Great actor. We're getting him on the podcast, hopefully.
0: We got it. (laughs) Backy Lee, come on, come on. I I, I wish I I said it in the season two, episode six, episode. And I said, I would have loved to see that Epson scene. Be like a twenty-four episode with Jack Bauer, just a clock in the top right, just to know, like four fifteen PM. This is when the the licenses are getting burned. Five twelve. This is when the ambassador gets killed. Five thirteen. This is when the first horse yeah, race kicks off. It was a lot. And and we we do never know. My one nit to pick for this season is we never know all this hard work on Tommy's horse, and we never even know how Grace's secret finishes at Epson.
1: Yeah, that was that was the one. It was a very good season. Season two, episode five, probably the worst episode, you know, of this show. But it still, it still fine. It still is fine. But
0: the season started really strong and ended really strong. Yeah, that's all that matters. That's, all that really that's matters yeah, to definitely
1: me. all that matters. Phenomenal season, and it leads perfectly into season three, man. And I'm, I'm ready.
0: I'm ready for it too. Keep your eye out for the season three episode one recap that we'll be recording and posting soon, as we continue our rewatch, all to make sure that you, you peaky heads are as caught up as possible for the Season 5 release on Netflix on October 4th. If you guys are already watching Season 5, legally or illegally, we don't care. We are posting out instant reactions from every single episode. So go follow us on Facebook and Twitter at, by order of Peaky on the Twitter machine, at facebook.com slash Podcast. Email B-O-O-T Peaky blinders at gmail.com. You can find all of our action. You can hit us with some feedback. We're getting a ton of feedback Judy is our girl. She loves to hit us with feedback. So if you want to be like Judy and get shouted out on the podcast, make sure to hit us there. That'll wrap up our season two recap. Don't worry, we're going to be posting recaps for season three and season four as a whole. If you just want a quick little 30-minute, 25-minute appetizer as you drive to work or drive on home or listen to us at the gym, we're going to hit that for you. He's Josh, I'm Daniel, and we binge so you don't have to.